We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is the Sacramento Bees, Chris Biederman. And we were having an interesting discussion over text. And while texting about it, it was like, we should do a pod on this. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the 49ers this year compared to the 49ers last year and breaking down the the similarities and the differences and whether this team is poised to go on a similar run. That's all brought to you by Cooperage Brewing. Visit the brewery Cooperage in Santa Rosa. You can also order your beer online at cooperagebrewing.com. If you're 21 and over and in the state of California, they will ship it right to your door. Cold beer overnight to your door. I shouldn't say overnight, in a day. Cold beer in a day to your door. Doesn't get a lot better than that. Cooperagebrewing.com. Let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's got him, and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Nothing better than just having a conversation and then going, this will be a good pod. Did you know on Jimmy Garoppolo's pro football reference page, it lists lists one of his nicknames as Prince Aladdin? Yes. I did not know that. Really wild that that's on there for like a bunch of reasons, a gang of reasons. I don't find anything in common between Jimmy Garoppolo and Aladdin, really. Like, Aladdin didn't live a super charmed life. He was like, he had to steal food from the market just to survive. And Jimmy Garoppolo's made like $140 million. He steals only what he can't afford. And that's everything. So, (laughs) so, okay, fine. Let's do this. New pod. I've got to re-record the intro. We're going to compare the 49ers to Aladdin characters. If so, if Jimmy is Aladdin, if we're going to just do this direct comp is quote unquote, not super PC, but 
Street Rat Aladdin. That's what they're called in the movie. That's what he's called in the movie. Sure. They is is that him at Eastern Illinois or is that him with the Patriots? Well, I disagree with the with the nickname, so I don't know. I don't. I don't premise. think any okay, of this well, applies. I'm, I'm just gonna lean it. That's fine. That makes Kyle Shanahan in either situation the genie or the Sultan. Wow. <laughs> I Damn. honestly have I, I didn't think about that at all. I just said it. Um, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> um no, let's let's have this discussion about I think George Kittle's Yago. See, I think George Kittle's genie. Talks the most. I think Kittle would be genie. I think <laughs> I think Christian McCaffrey's the carpet. <laughs> Okay, I would I would call Debo the carpet, but <laughs> fair. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey's Jasmine. <laughs> okay, all right. This is too far off the rails already. Let's 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 have the Don't discussion we were initially trying to have. Okay, so I was listening to. I mean, I heard this enough times over the course of listening to podcasts and watching TV shows and and reading articles with the with the national bent that the frequency that the 49ers the five and four 49ers second place in the nfc west currently the seventh uh seed in the nfc they've won two in a row prior to that they were beat by the chiefs 44 to 23 to drop to three and four in the season and just kind of hit what felt like rock bottom they beat the rams they hit their bye week they come out they they beat the chargers 22 to 16 and to a to a publication or podcast or whatever, the Niners are just being penciled in as like, oh yeah, they're Super Bowl contenders. In the NFC, it's Eagles, and then some are putting the Niners like second behind the Eagles, uh, ahead of the eight and one Vikings. Are nine and one Vikings now? Nine and one, eight and one Vikings ahead of the one loss Vikings. Those Vikings are eight and one. Eight and one Vikings. Thank you. And, you know, up there with the with the Cowboys and and all that. So I kind of. I kind of just started thinking about it and I'm not 100 percent sure where where I landed this and that's why I kind of want to flesh it out a little bit, but. I kind of wondered if. People were placing the Niners in that group because of something they've done this year. Or because of what they did last year. Like they're projecting last season's three and five start that wound up with a 10 and seven record and a trip to the NFC championship game. This is largely that same group. And are people just going, oh, well, they did it last year. So they're going to, they're five and four and they're just going to do it again this year. Or have they looked so good against the Rams and then the Chargers that people are like, okay, they've turned a corner that's a legit contender. Like if they'd gone seven and 10 last year, would people still be looking at the Niners and going, Oh, it's a contender. I'm not hundred percent sure. No. So I, I think I generally think while maybe last year, particularly over the second half of the season, they played better than they mm-hmm. have really during any stretch of this year, at least over a prolonged period. This team is better to me at least on paper, like from a roster construct construction standpoint, like last year, Josh Norman and Drake or Patrick were getting mean- meaningful snaps at cornerback. Um, Jaquez mm. Patrick was being signed off the street. 
because the 49ers were so banged up at tailback. And now their situation at tailback is Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell in his second season. Um, right. I, I, I think the Niners ran the ball much better last year. And I think a lot of that you can trace to Alex Mack and Lake and Tomlinson anchoring the interior of the offensive line. And obviously the interior isn't as good this year. Um, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo is, is playing better this year than he did last year. And I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, his interception rate, 1.7% of his attempts is at the lowest point in, in his career. And his previous low was last year, 2.7. So a, a full percentage point more when he had 12 interceptions over a full season, he has just four now, um, and in 2019, he had a 2.7% interception rate when he threw 13 picks in 16 games. So I, I think people project the 49ers, and, and it is projection, right? I think I think that's one thing that's important to, to mention here. It's, it's like, I don't really feel like the 49ers have had a game yet this year where it was like, oh, yeah, that was a dominating performance. And that was a team that looks like a potential Super Bowl contender with, I think the best game or the, the best, the best case in any game would probably be at the Rams before the bye week, October 30th. Um, uh-huh. I think if they would have been better in the red zone and, and scored one or two more touchdowns, as opposed to kicking field goals against the chargers, we would, we would feel a little bit stronger about them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to me, this team projects better than last year because thinking back to last year and and kind of going through it they were playing really well and and in large part because they're running the ball better I think their offensive line was overall better but there were still games where it felt like they couldn't cover anybody and Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo was gonna throw a bad interception and lately he's just been a little bit better in that department and Mm -hmm. this 49ers team can cover so to me, if we're talking about just pure projections, I think this team projects better than last year's team. Um, mm-hmm. The NFC is worse this year than it was last year, uh, but it is all about projections. And the, and like, you know, projecting the 49ers to be good is a different conversation than like, are the 49ers good right now? And right. for me, as somebody who's paid close attention to this team um, for a while, like, since Kyle Shanahan's become coach, they've played their best ball in November and December. Now we're midway mm-hmm. through November. They've, they've reeled off two wins in a row. Um, I guess you can make a case that they're, they're two most impressive wins of the season, depending on how you feel about that week two game where Jimmy Garoppolo replaced Trey Lance after he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first Rams game was impressive, but it was probably closer than the 24, nine score would indicate. And really, the Talano who Fungan pick six made that a two-score game after it felt like it might have been in the balance there for a minute. But right, you know, for me, I think I think this team projects to be better than last year. Like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing better, and I have a lot more confidence in the secondary that they can cover people. Um, and ultimately, the fact that the 49ers did go on a playoff run with a worse roster or without Christian McCaffrey last year. I think that's, that's really a big reason why people are projecting the 49ers to, to be a potential NFC contender. And and the other part of it, like I mentioned too, the NFC is just worse this year than last year, in my yeah. opinion. 
I think the thing last year, because I, I honestly just to just to be, I was going to say full disclosure, but it's not that serious. <laughs> going into last year, I didn't think like I thought they would. They had a chance to beat the Cowboys. I didn't think the Cowboys are that good, but like going into Green Bay, it's like man, Green Bay is really good. And the Niners, for the most part, haven't been great, but that's going to be really really tough. And they needed you know a blocked punt touchdown to to win that one and a blocked field goal in there. They needed to play the only team with four special teams in them. And then the Rams, they always play them tough. Well, they always beat them until the NFC Championship game. But at least in the second half last year, and the reason I'm not quite there yet with the Niners this year is, is what they did last season. They they beat the Rams 31 to 10. And then they go to Jacksonville and they beat them 30 to 10 in a game that wasn't even that close. And then again, they beat the Vikings at home 34-26, but that game wasn't even that close. Because remember the Vikings last touchdown was like a kickoff return touchdown that made it look closer than it than it really was. They go and they lose to the Seahawks, whatever. They have a nice comeback victory in OT against the Bengals. They smash the Falcons 31 to 13. They lose to the to the one seed Titans in Tennessee on a Thursday night by three points and a game where Jimmy Garoppolo did not play great and he got hurt. So Trey Lance starts the next game. They blow out the Texans and then they beat the Rams in OT in, in LA. Going in, it was at least like, okay, they've dominated a bunch of teams. They've beat some good teams. They went on the road and hung with some good teams or beat them. This year, they just haven't done that yet. And so that's where a little bit of my concern's not it. I'm just not 100% ready to just go, oh yeah, this team's going to go on a run because everything that I'm saying that would be based on what they did last season. We're also comparing full game samples versus or full season samples versus a nine, like nine of 17 game sample. Yeah. Like, you know, now, we're talking, we're talking about the 49ers run that they went on at the second half of last season while they haven't even played their second half of their season this year yet. Right. And I guess that's what I'm getting at is like, is they're being placed in the in the conversation with a bunch of with a couple of eight and one teams and a couple of two loss teams because like oh they did this last year now i will say i don't i don't think it's necessarily wrong to do that because i think if the niners played the bears again i think they would beat them and honestly they probably should have beat them in week one i think if they played the broncos again right now they would beat them so I think if they played the Falcons again, they'd beat them. So I think that's that's part of it. And it's part of the reason that for me, I'm at least I'm at least optimistic with with the direction the Niners are heading. Even though it didn't look great against the Chargers, based on the reaction, you would have thought they lost. And I think it's because the expectation was so high that they we're gonna go hang 40 points on the Chargers. Right. Which I mean, they, I mean that that that's kind of the thing, right? Like differently. Okay, so how many games did they play poorly offensively last year and win? Oh God, um, you know, <laughs> uh, the Philly game in week two, they were really bad offensively. Okay, they still ran the ball uh, at a decent clip, but yeah, you're right. And but then, that's what I, I mean. That's kind of my and point. Then the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. The playoffs. That that's kind of my point with the Chargers game 
it was like, okay, it didn't look like what you wanted it to look like offensively, but right. There are a lot of times where they have that offensive performance and they lose that game. Yeah. So they won. Um, and we can't take that away from them necessarily. Now, obviously it didn't look as, as appealing as you'd like it to look, but I would say last year, like the 2021 team, just the stretch of losing at home to Seattle at Arizona at home to the Colts after the bye, and then at home to Arizona against Colt McCoy, like that felt like the Indianapolis loss and the Arizona loss, the second one at home, both felt way worse than either the Chicago or Denver losses, in my opinion. Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's right. Denver later in the year. Yeah, so like that... If the Niners right now went and lost to Denver and Denver in that fashion, it'd be really bad. Right, and so like, you know, we got to remember that was the first time Jimmy Garoppolo had practice as a starting quarterback. Like he had three days of practice as a starting quarterback because he did not participate in training camp at all. So like, right. you know, looking back at it, I just remember the second half of the season, like, yeah, they were blowing some teams out. They were generally running the ball pretty well. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing a lot of like maddening interceptions and they were really struggling to cover people. And they were sort of hanging by a thread throughout when it comes to the playoff picture. And this year it's like, yeah, they lost some games. They lost those two games, but there hasn't been a four-game losing streak or, you know, obviously losing five of six, which mm-hmm. which happened last year. And, like, I know they got rolling, but the problems they had in that losing streak kind of persisted throughout the season, but they did overcome come it in a lot of cases. And even, like, the Tennessee game, you know, it just – it didn't I, – I don't remember feeling confident that they were going to go on a playoff run even during the second half of last season when they were playing well, uh, when they won, what is it? Six of eight. That's what it looks like, right? Going into week 18, seven of eight. Um, one, two, three, four. Yeah. Seven of eight, seven of nine. Sorry. They went seven and seven and two, their last nine games. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but they, and, and I ultimately like if I were to project, which is what we're doing is like, I would say the Niners are poised to go on a similar run. And it wouldn't surprise me if they just start really dominating some teams here in the second half of their schedule. So that that's that's what I would like to see. Especially if the Cardinals are going to roll out Colt McCoy again, which it sounds like they're going to, or Trace McSorley. Because apparently Colt McCoy is a little McSorley. <laughs> well, Kyler Murray did practice uh, today on Thursday. Right. So... Either way, so you're going to face a hobbled Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley. They have to dominate that game. They have to win. And division games are hard, and I get I get all that. And maybe they don't win by 20, but I think they need to win that game and look really good doing it. And then can you blow out the Saints the following week, who haven't been very good? Yeah. That's just what I would... That's what... Because projecting, I think I think you're right. It's largely the same core. I think it benefits them that they went on a similar run last year because they know kind of, and George Kittle actually uh, on the radio station I worked at at 95 cent the game said on Damon and Rado, like feels like the last couple of weeks they've locked in, like the urgency is ticked up and that's, that's great. I mean, ideally you wouldn't need to tick up the urgency in week 10, <laughs> right. um, 
But if that's what if that's where they were at, like going into the bye, they're four and four, and they're going, all right, did it last year. Like I think that's good. I think you'd want that from a team having that experience, knowing kind of the ebbs and flows and what it takes to play what could ostensibly be nine playoff games down the stretch because that's what last year was. So I think that's helpful for sure. But I need to see, like, I just need to see it. Like, blow, I, I need him to blow somebody out. I need him to beat either Tampa Bay or Miami at home or both. I think Miami is going to be the biggest game on the, the biggest remaining game on their schedule. Yeah. Just without all the 49ers connections there. Yeah. I mean, maybe at Seattle because that, you know, that's their last or no second to last division game, but that could be the game that decides the division because it would give the 49ers the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think, you know, if we're comparing the two teams, like obviously the result was the 49ers were by definition, the second best team in the NFC last year. Um, despite starting three and five, like the fact that they're five and four, it would appear yeah. that they, that they just have more guys this year. And you remember too, like Debo Samuel was just sort of starting this ridiculous tear he went on. Right. Um, it does feel like the offense is a little bit more balanced. Um, because mm-hmm. you do have Christian McCaffrey, you do have Brandon Ayuk having a much better season. You still have George Kittle. Um, you can get plays out of Debo uh, occasionally, maybe not at the rate they were last year, but Debo's not taking anybody's surprise as wide back this year. So right. um, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing better, like I said, but I think the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team is the interior of the offensive line in the secondary. Um, mm-hmm. And just last year's team could run the ball better. It was a better rushing team at least up front, even though this year's team has better running backs, obviously with Christian McCaffrey. So, yeah, I mean, that I think if if we're just projecting a lot of it's on reputation, which I understand, and and like I said, there, there's really been like... That's kind of what I'm getting at. There's been like fleeting moments where the 49ers have felt like contenders, and that's been sort of the frustrating thing, I think, from a fan's perspective. Like... All right, the 49ers are five and four. They're in the playoff mix, but they haven't really like put it in overdrive yet. And, you know, <laughs> I I think I tend to think it's coming, particularly like these next couple weeks, right? Like they should beat the Cardinals. Right. I would be surprised if they don't beat the Cardinals. I would be surprised if they don't beat the Saints. If they win those two games, that's four wins in a row. And then it's like, okay, then the Dolphins are coming, then Tampa Bay is coming. That's a stretch of three straight home games, four out of five home games with your one road game being in Mexico City at a neutral site where apparently, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Vivid Seats has said the 49ers are selling more tickets to their fans or there are more 49ers fans are buying tickets than Cardinals fans. I don't know if you know this, did, but the, fa- the faithful travel. I did know that a uh, friend of the show, Tracy Sandler tweeted about that. I saw it. I don't I'm not special enough to get the email from Vivid Seats. It's yeah, I, I think I get it. I think it's buried in my, in <laughs> my unread emails. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm just I have to go through my emails like once every two weeks or so and just delete like a thousand <laughs> of them. But anyway, we get it. You my get inbox looks like two weeks, dude. What? Sick brag. We oh, get yeah. it. You get a thousand emails every two weeks. Yeah, no big deal. People want to send me info. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I want to. One of the things, and you touched on this earlier, and I, I meant to get to 
back to it. And so here we are. I don't think it can be understated how well Jimmy Garoppolo has played the last like five weeks. Is it 70% completions? Is it 265 yards a game, eight touchdowns, three interceptions, and a one of 3.2 rating? I know that's not everything, but that the interception rate thing you you read off earlier is huge because what's always been the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, like, man, he's going to have that backbreaking interception. And if he can get through without making that play, I think not only because I expect the Niners to look better down the stretch here. I'm with you. I think they're going to roll some teams and I think it, it might even be Monday night where it's like, okay, there they are. Like right. now they're locked in. Now they've figured it out. And if they're going to do that, and also in the games where, hey, maybe the offense isn't as locked in, you know, it's like the Chargers game the other night. But there's a modicum of confidence that Garoppolo is not going to throw that really bad interception. Now it's like, okay, now they have something to work with a little bit where they can dig themselves out of an offensive rut in games because the quarterback's not going to give the ball away. Right. That would just be a massive, massive development. One area I do want to point out, which is a substantial difference um, this year from last year, and maybe this is in conjunction with Debo Samuel being better or being more productive last year and the running game being better is the red zone. Um, 49ers currently 17th in the league, converting 55% of their red zone trips into touchdowns. Last year, that number was up to 67%. Uh, mm-hmm. which was best in the league. And they, you know, they did turn to Trey Lance occasionally in the red zone. <laughs> but um <laughs> that I that that's probably I mean that's that's a major a major difference. Mm-hmm. Because the 49ers could hang their hat on the fact that like yeah if we're if if we're getting into the red zone chances are we're scoring. But I do think a right. lot of that had to do with the running game and the offensive line. Well, and that's one of the things that I think is going to quote unquote click into place that hasn't yet normalize. Yeah. Regress. I mean, Brandon, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk dropping that touchdown. We talked about it on the, on the post game pod. Like, I don't think he drops that again if they throw it a hundred times. Right. And I think that the McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle and Juwan Jennings and Ayuk, I think that stuff's going to get more creative. And I think at some point they're going to start regularly punching the ball in the end zone or in the red zone. Yeah, I think that's what that's what I I think that there's. Yeah. And again, they're also 24th in the league in red zone defense right now, which isn't good. They were 15th last year. So Hmm. I think in it (laughs) generally, if we were to just look at those numbers and say they're going to normalize you would say the defense is probably going to get better and the offense is going to get better in that regard mm-hmm. right barring barring health and stuff um right so yeah i don't know last year last year felt like a tightrope walk throughout the entire regular season it doesn't really feel like as much of a tightrope rope walk this year um and i do think you know that we might feel if they do blow out arizona on monday or at least win convincingly and then win convincingly against the Saints, we'll be like, okay, like all this talk about um, projecting the 49ers as one of the best teams in the NFC is is more valid than maybe 
then maybe it yeah, feels in the moment given they're five and four. I guess that, and I guess that's what I was trying to get at a little bit with with this conversation is like it is projection. It is not because the you know the beating the Rams was was good. They needed to. And then beating the Chargers, like that was a good a good win for sure, but it wasn't like whoa, they just because the Chargers are so beat up and they didn't have their top two receivers and their top tight end got hurt during the game and they're down a bunch of offensive linemen and this and that, and it was just like okay, good win, but not nearly as convincing as I was expecting it to be, and so I guess that's that was my question. Am I, was I missing something or is it people are projecting that like, oh, they are going to go on a run like they went on last year. And so it is more projection like, wow, right. that 22 to 16 went over the Chargers. Look out Eagles. I found another stat, which is interesting, which sort of skews the other way. So before I, I, yeah, go ahead. Real quick, just on the defense. They are allowing 18 points per game, which is fourth in the NFL and they give up 72 in two games against the Falcons and chiefs. Right. If you take out those two games, they're giving up 13 a game. Yeah. Bananas. Anyways, defense is good. Um, pretty good. So Niners were the best red zone team in the league last year. Do you remember what they were on third down offensively? I don't. They were 14th. You know what the Niners are on third down this year? 14th, fifth, Whoa. So the Niners are really good on third down last year and mediocre in the red zone. Last year, they were really good in the red zone and mediocre on third down. What does that mean? <laughs> I kind of think NFL seasons just in general are small samples. Yes. You know, so like, many weird things can happen. So many weird things, so many weird factors. That that's why like I I I enjoy, you know, NFL discourse is really interesting. And I enjoy it, but a lot of it is like the entire. It's a a large collection of small samples, and it's just <laughs> you know okay. it's it, it's it's hard to really you know like what what would you rather be? Would you rather be top five? I guess you'd rather be top five in red zone than third down. But if you're never getting to the red zone because you can't convert a third down, I guess that. That is moot, but well, okay. maybe maybe this is where like so, so EPA I think, comes into play. I'd rather be, I'd rather be top five on third down because you're gonna probably in a well you you are in a game gonna get into more third down situations than you are in the red zone, and I feel like the red zone percentage is way flukier than third down percentage. Like you could get to the red zone eight times and convert five times and be like, wow, they only went five of eight in the red zone, whatever that percentage is. Well, you know, just over 50%. So, or just over 60%. So, hang on, that didn't track. Let me back <laughs> up. <laughs> if you go five of eight on third down, you're in like a, you're in a good spot. Like you feel, like you feel, Okay. But I've lost the train, so I'm gonna let you talk now. No, I was just I looking just, at dude, like, that I, that train fell off the tracks, Smith. I would rather be really good on third down than the red zone because I feel like the red zone is something that you can fix. If you're bad on third down, you're probably just not very good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm looking up EPA stats. I, I go back and forth with EPA and how I feel about it. That's why I don't math live. Yeah. 
let's see, EPA. Yeah, you know what? I'm not doing this on the pod. Um, but the point here is that like <laughs> the point stats guys. Yeah, yeah, the 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 point here. I mean, ultimately, like there are just there there are things that the 49ers are good at this year that they weren't good at last year, and there are things that are better at last year that they're not as good at this year. I think you could find numbers really like really in the NFL. If you look hard enough, you could find numbers to support any argument. I've seen cases be right. made on the internet that that um that Deion Jordan is is a really good pass rusher before the 49ers signed him. Um yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, you know, rotational guy not on the team is he I don't even know if he's in the league anyway. But you can no. you can find samples so. for really anything in the league to justify any sort of thought. Um, but yeah, I just I, I think the Niners are going to be good. Like I think I I'm in mostly in agreement with everybody who projects the Niners to be one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, particularly because so much of what's happened in the NFL, I would say in the last decade or so, and particularly with preseason being scaled down and um, teams really harnessing the the sports science aspect and analytics of like measuring how much guys are running and and um, exerting energy in training camp and the speeds that they operate at and how they can really quantify human performance. You see teams generally start slower and treat the first four or five, six games of the season, like the preseason, because guys aren't largely aren't playing in the preseason. And then Mm -hmm. teams really get rolling in the second half. Like, I think that was sort of a touchstone of the Seahawks under Pete Carroll forever. I remember reading all sorts of pieces about how they get better in November and December and they would lose, you know, a handful of games in September and October. And and it didn't really matter um, when it came to winning the division, you know, in, in the mm-hmm. teens. Um, and I kind of think given what we've seen from Kyle Shanahan's team since he became the Niners coach in 2017, that's that's sort of bared out, too that they just tend to the offense tends to find its rhythm and everybody executes at the highest level in like December, it just feels like. And so that's, that's kind of why I'm leaning towards the Niners being good on top of the fact that they just have like a lot of really good players. So what do what do you think gets better? Like, what do you think looks different? I think there's a chance the offense starts ripping off 40 point games or at least like, you know, Arizona is not an impressive defense. Right. Right. Like that. So do we think, do we think, so second, second part of that question, do you think that that means the run game is going to get going or is Jimmy Garoppolo going to start throwing for 300 a game? I think the run game is going to get going. I think you start to see Kyle Shanahan spread the ball out spread the ball around a little bit more i think having you know we haven't seen really kyle shanahan have like two really good running backs available at the same time like when they were going to the super bowl it'd be like oh tevin coleman would have a really good game but you never really considered tevin coleman right. like a top 15 running back in the league and raheem well, Mostert, Ma- yeah, right raheem, raheem Mostert Mostert would have his moments too but you never felt like all right the Niners, the Niners can get production out of their backfield. 
but their backfield never really felt like, oh man, it's loaded. I know they sit like those guys would talk about it like, oh, our backfield is loaded. But now mm-hmm. with Christian McCaffrey, like he's far and away the best pass catching back Kyle Shanahan's ever had really at any level, I would think. Um, or with any team at any point in his coaching career. I think Christian McCaffrey is the best pass catching back he's ever had. With Elijah Mitchell, if you can keep him healthy, like those are potentially two real life top 15 running backs in the league in the same backfield. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing better, and this is probably the best overall group of skill players Jimmy Garoppolo's had at his disposal. I think 2019 is probably close, but that was obviously well before Debo was like an established star player. George Kittle mm-hmm. was an all pro that year, but um, I still think, you know, Kittle blocks at a high level and he's just, he makes plays in the passing game when he's a part of the passing game, which seems um, less often than, than you would like. I think Mike McGlinchey's probably worse this year. And that could be a potential problem, but um you know, maybe I feel so it, bad for Mike McGlinchey. Dude. I, I do too, but I, you know, maybe McGlinchey plays better, right? Like maybe McGlinchey plays better. Um, maybe the offense finds its footing and Kyle Shanahan figures this thing out. Like, I do think the coaching staff brain drain is a serious thing that the 49ers have been dealing with all year mm-hmm. on top of the fact that Jimmy didn't get any time during training camp. Right. So where do they get better? I think they just get crisper on offense. And if they stay healthy on defense, I think, you know, maybe at some point you see somebody like Drake Jackson take the next step. Um, maybe, you know, you move, you feel more comfortable moving Jimmy Ward back to free safety where he's a better player um, than in the slot. Not that he's been terrible in the slot, but it's just I still have a hard time with the whole like Jimmy's a team captain, but he lost his starting safety job to injury. That That's just a weird development to me. Um, it's really strange. It's a super weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, if if they don't trust, like, obviously, if they they seem like they trust to Sean Gibson more than Sam Womack, just in a vacuum, right? Like, you trust that group of secondary players, including to Sean Gibson at free safety, more than you would with Sam Womack in the slot. Um, right. But it's a little it's a little weird given the way Sam Womack sort of started the season. But anyway. Um, hey, I have a I have a I have a thing that can get better. I feel like we have seen zero explosive touchdowns this year. Or explosive plays for touchdowns. Definitely fewer. There was there was the 57-yard Debo touchdown against the Rams, which was a short throw and run, which great. That that's what they're built on. Um, but then there was the Ross Dwelly touchdown down the sideline against the Seahawks. That was 38 yards. There was the Christian McCaffrey pass to Brandon Ayuk. That was 34 yards. And then Jeff Wilson's touchdown against the Rams, the rushing touchdown on the opening drive was 32 yards. And that's it for 20 plus yard touchdowns. In 2021, again, this is a 2021 is a full is a full sample. A full season sample, not just nine games or 10 weeks. But you had four rushing touchdowns alone of 20 plus yards. And we've seen none this year. Well, we've seen just one this year, I should say. So I think that's where, whether it's Debo or McCaffrey or Mitchell, I think that's something that 
it feels like it's like Mitchell felt really close a couple times the other night. Yeah. He did. I think Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member, even even said at some point, it feels like he's gonna break one. So that's something I think changes too. I think we start seeing some explosive plays, whether it's because of all the weapons on the field or it's just somebody being individually really good on a certain play. I I, I think we start to see that. What do you make of the temperature in Colorado Springs? Apparently cold AF. <laughs> you know what was funny? Is uh, Mike Silver is on my show every Thursday. And I called him and I said, hey, Mike, how's it going? He's like, it's good. you know. Da, da, da. And I said, what's, this, what's the temperature like in Colorado Springs? Or how's Colorado Springs? And the first thing he said, I didn't say temperature. I said, how's Colorado Springs? And he said, cold AF. That was the first thing he said. So apparently it's just hella cold in Colorado Springs. I know. I could tell via Twitter. Um, I think it's interesting because whenever I think of like practicing in elements that are going to be dramatically different than the game, like it's apparently it's going to be like in the 60s or 70s Monday night when they play in Mexico City and they're practicing in Colorado Springs to get used to the elevation because Mexico City's Azteca Stadium's like 7,200 feet above sea level. Um, do you remember in 2016 when the Niners practiced in Orlando? They played in Miami and then they practiced in Orlando. Yeah, and they threw the water on the footballs. Right. They Yeah, they practiced with <laughs> wet footballs and then played in like rain and sleet and snow. And got completely annihilated. And that was a game Colin Kaepernick completed like two of like 14 passes or something. I don't think that's the case because it's probably better they to go from cold. Barkley that day. Yeah, it's probably better to get beat for or to get beat. It's probably better to practice in cold and then go to like pleasant weather. Whereas like it's it might be more difficult to be in pleasant weather practicing and then go to cold. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not super worried about that. I, I I am curious. I know Nick's working on a post about um, acclimation and the travel that I'm very curious to read, but I, I am curious if that's going to work for them because I kind of think like the, I'm just curious overall about the week long stays and how beneficial that's going to be because mm-hmm. it didn't work earlier this season for the Atlanta game. And then in their first game back against Kansas city, that was obviously their worst game of the year. And there's data going back since Kyle Shanahan became coach saying that, you know, the Niners typically don't play well when they get back from those trips. So just curious to see what this looks like in, you know, Monday night in Mexico City, because it's it's a pretty yeah. unique circumstance, like playing a Monday night game in Mexico City, flying to Colorado Springs, practicing in the frigid cold, um, potentially practicing indoors on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they're traveling Monday. Which is, or sorry, they're traveling Sunday, which I find a little bit interesting because typically for longer flights, they'll travel two days in advance of the game unless mm-hmm. they're going to Seattle or Arizona or LA. Um, so I do wonder if that's going to have any effect. The fact that they're traveling Sunday instead of flying Saturday to Mexico City from Colorado Springs. Um, but anyway, it's going to be, it's, there are definitely interesting circumstances surrounding this game, but I do. I do expect the 49ers like I just think the 49ers are a lot better than the Cardinals. Cardinals have the 30th ranked defense in terms of yardage in the NFL. And that's where I'd like to see the Niners put up a lot of points. 
Like, just put it on a bad defense. Agreed. We'll preview that game. Are we doing a pod tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Our week gets pushed up or pushed back a day as well. Okay. Yeah. Just confirming. Yep. Okay, neat. Looking at Arizona. Been a rough go for the the cards this year. Yeah, let's save this for Friday. Good for the preview pod. Oof. Yeah. Great. Good tease. Uh, they lost. They, they've lost to some good Oof. teams. They've lost to some good teams. Dude, I, dude. Well, they, talk about it. Had, they've actually had a All pretty right. tough schedule. Um, you want to just do it right now, and then we'll. No, no, no. This is this is Friday? just this is a tease. This is just <laughs> just really, you know, previewing my thoughts on the Cardinals for tomorrow's pod. We're not gonna. We're and not for, gonna. And for a preview of my thoughts, here are some noises. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna unload the clip until we record Friday. <laughs> Uh, perfect subscribe rate review you're not going to want to miss that (laughs) big cardinals thoughts coming (laughs) and the cooperage six pack cooperage six pack can't wait for listening christian mccaffrey favored to go first the over under on christian mccaffrey is is 1.5 yeah one and a half (laughs) um Okay, check out Cooperage Brewing if you haven't already. They have a ton of delicious beers. Um, incredible looking cans if art on cans matters to you. If you've had the Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA from Cooperage, you know how good those cans look. I don't know if that matters. So why are you you're making that face? Um, anyway, check out cooperagebrewing.com or go to the brewery in Santa Rosa. Lots of good people. Visit cooperagebrewing.com to see some incredible looking yep yep said that didn't get it till just now it is time to go i got a i got a sacramento kings san antonio spurs game to observe kings by you think so light light the beam light the beam all right we're getting out of here beam team yeah It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com